Welcome to Bar Chat. That's where it's at. I'm Lexi. I'm Bianca. And I'm Becca. And we're chatting all things dance. That was really good. That was, was a sleigh. I think we can take it, right? Yep. I think that was the first time we've done it on the first try. Yeah. You That's really should see our tries because sometimes it's really Sometimes it is a fail. We can just get a bunch of them in a row and show everybody. Yeah. Just, check just like out. a whole compilation. Yeah. Check out the Instagram. There's a compilation up there probably. We'll, so. we'll put it together. Today, we're going to be talking about how to support yourself as a dancer. As we all know, dance is not the cheapest activity to be a part of. There's classes. There's all the shoes you have to pay for. There's the competitions. There's the costumes. A lot go into being a dancer. So, so we're going to talk about us growing up as a dancers, how we handled it financially, how we handle it financially currently. And we're just going to talk about all of our different stories of it and experiences of it. Yeah. So who wants to get us started? I'll go. Cool. <laughs> I never start. Well, start. Okay, great. <laughs> go. So like, can I just talk about like as a adult, how I do that? Because yeah. I feel like that's more relevant. Um, so dance is what people say like, oh, I'm a dancer. That's my job. And while that may be true, you're not typically always doing that for work every day, unless you're on a tour or part of, you know, a film on set. It's not day to day for most people. So you have to find things that can maintain your livelihood in between all those moments. So for me, I happen to love teaching dance. And so that's something that I've done since I was 14. I used to teach at my dance studio. And as I kept getting older, I started getting paid for it. And now I do it every single day. Um, and that's just the way that I found works for me to support myself as a dancer. And what's really nice about it is that it's still dance related. Um, when I was in college, I worked two jobs. I was working as a waitress at a restaurant for about two or three years. And then I was also at a dance studio there, um, like at the same time. Um, and you just kind of have to work around and see what works for you. Some people prefer to do like waitressing jobs or things that you don't have to have too much commitment for. Like you can ask somebody to get your shift, whatever. Some people like myself prefer to work in the dance world, but as a teacher. Like I love teaching. It is so much fun. It brings me so much joy. So it's just a win-win situation for me. Um, but there's so many avenues you can take. And some people that I know that I'm friends with, we all went to college together. They got their degree and now they're doing something like a nine to five because they can, because they have that degree to back them up. And you can utilize even a BFA degree to go work in like a business position somewhere. So there's a lot of options, but even as a younger dancer, like in a high school job, you could work at an ice cream shop or you could do things just to support yourself to buy a new leotard or, you know, help your parents pay for a competition. Like depending on your financial situation, there's a bunch of options, but you do want to make sure that you have not a backup plan, but just something that gives you your food and water on a day-to-day -day basis you know yeah. what about you guys um Lexi you can go 
Yeah. Um, well, just like you, I also started like assisting and teaching dance at age 14 because I feel yeah. like that's a very common age that they're like, yeah. all right, like, come on in. We're going to train you. And like, like you're have, in high school now. You're in high school. We have like a couple few years with you. So that'll be great. But yeah, that because I spent so much of my time at the studio, being able to teach there was so convenient. And I was so fortunate that I was given that chance to do that because like dance is a very time consuming sport. And yeah. Like, I can't spend all my time running around to all these other places when, like, I have to be at dance class at 7 o'clock at night anyway. Like, there's no way that, like, I could have gotten another job that was able to work around my dance schedule. So teaching at dance and, like, already being at work and already being there was so convenient. And I will forever thank my dance teacher slash dance studio owner, her name's Miss Tracy, for everything that she did for me financially because... She, like, as a teacher's assistant, like, she just did so much where, like, she would give us free shoes because she would be like, okay, like, these are your teaching essentials. Like, you need these to dance and teach, so therefore, like, this is for you. So I... That's amazing. Yeah, she was phenomenal and she would always give us like discounted competition fees and stuff I don't know if I should be saying that but like she well I guess you'll have to find out (laughs) yeah I know pretty much the what I'm trying to say is because I worked there she gave me extra perks which I really appreciated so on top of getting paid for working there she also helped me out financially because like you know like my family's like your average like fam, I'm not gonna talk about like my family income on here, but like it was definitely helpful. Like <laughs> just lay out your bank statement. Yeah, 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 I'll give you my social security number too. Okay, cool. That'll be easier. <laughs> but it does help in all those little ways Extremely. more than you would think. Like, and even with that, like dance is expensive. But like my mom and I would always say, like we could not do what it would have been right. if I hadn't taught there. You know what I'm trying to say? Right. Like it was just such like a blessing for my whole family because dance is so expensive. Like I was doing, like I told you guys, like once competition started in high school, I was in like 10 competition numbers, every competition. That's crazy. One solo is is like a hundred to $200 and I would do two solos. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. For every number you enter in the competition, you pay a fee. And then Mm -hmm. also the costumes for each of those two and everything. Like, that's all expensive. I think you just pay, like, a costume fee, like, to your studio or to your company, right? And they deal with all of that. Right. But, yeah, everything really adds up. And Well, another thing my teacher would do for me, because, like, she choreographed a couple of my solos. She would do those privates for me for free, which is, like, privates are extremely expensive. Mm -hmm. And... Because she did that for me, like, it helped save a lot of money. And she would always do this thing, which I absolutely loved every time. So, like, she would do this every year. And she paid us, like, weekly. But she would take $10 out of every single weekly payment and save it until the end of the year. So then we had some money for the summer or money for whatever we wanted to use it for. Because, like, most of the money I made would go straight back into dance or it'd go into my savings. Right. And so this was kind of like a a little reward, you know, because... She would like save it and then give it to us right before summer. And then it's like summer is your not off period for dance, but it slows down a little bit. So it's like if you want to go and do other things, like you have some extra pocket cash, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just working at dance has been so helpful for me because it was really hard to get another job. Like I actually I worked at this like trampoline like park or something like that. I worked there for two years, but I only worked like four shifts. (laughs) like they just never fired me and I was never put on the schedule and then one time I called after like six months after like not being there and I was like hey like I'm I'm gonna quit 
I, I, my name's Lexi, by the way. Like, I don't even know who I am. I work here. Like, I work here. And like, it was so funny because the very few shifts that I went into, everyone would, in, and I worked there since the place opened. Yeah. Like, I was there day one. That was one of the four shifts that I worked. And every time I'd go in there and work, the person who was working was like, oh, hi, like, are you new? And I'm blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I'm not new, but I don't know who you are because I'm never here. So it's nice to meet you, I guess. Like, That's it was funny. just so funny because like trying to find time for a real job while being a dancer is, is, it, is not practical. Well, one thing that you said that got me thinking and a lot of, I know a lot of other people do this too, but like to share with the rest of you all is a lot of studios will like offer your services to these dance studios. If you're having like, if you need extra help, like paying for classes and stuff, like so many people like will clean their studios, yeah. like even like wipe yeah. off the mirrors at the end of the day, offering little things like that can help like, and incentivize your studio owner or whoever to kind of help pay dance classes. Like yeah. I've heard of people like exchanging lessons for babysitting mm -hmm. jobs. Oh, that's like so different cute. stuff like that. Like, Oh, I'll help you with your solo. Yep. Um, you'll just like owe me an hour babysitting right. or like stuff like that. Like little things like that. And teachers, they understand and studio owners, they understand. Although they're running a business, they Understand that dance is a passion and sometimes it's hard to support yourself and right. hard to support that passion, but they love a dance as much as you do. So if you really just talk to them and sit down with them and try to reason with them, yeah. most of the time, obviously, I don't know everyone's situation or studio environment, but a lot of the time they'll be really empathetic to that. So it's That's just really a great. good thing to think about like offering services. Yeah. That's awesome. I remember them doing that like in Dance Moms, like early on. I don't <laughs> really? know if you're like, yeah, they would use, like they used to do that. So that's very smart. I'm trying to think of like more now, like financially trying to support yourself with dance. I guess because since I'm in college and can't commit to teaching full time in a studio, the times that I am home, it's such a blessing to be able to like teach. It's like a nice little like side job when I can because I enjoy it and it's a great extra way to make money. And about I think it was during like Thanksgiving break or well okay let me backtrack a bit this summer when I was in Nashville and I was performing and there was all those other dance studios there this one like this one studio came up to me and asked me to like come and guest teach out their studio so I did in August like right before moving back to school so I yeah. went and I did like a little master class there which was super fun and then one of the girls in the classes really liked the dance that I did. So she asked me if I can choreograph her solo. So then during Thanksgiving break, I went, met up with her like twice, and then I choreographed her whole solo and that was it. But it was like, it just made me realize like, wow, like I can choreograph and that is such a skill. And that's a great side job. Just being able to like come in, choreograph solos. It also isn't it. as much upkeep as teaching a weekly class. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it is, you just have a fee, then you have a few rehearsals right. and then you can also do a little more solo cleanings down the exactly. line when you have time and they need it. So it exactly. is a great little side hustle. It really is. Talking about side hustles, I feel like it's so interesting because it's not like most people in your life work nine to fives or that's the normal thing in America or the normal thing just mm -hmm. everywhere. It's just working a normal corporate job or a, some sort of nine to five where you're in an office or in a restaurant or something all day long, but little, um, entrepreneurial aspects of like doing things that aren't, you know, conventional, quo, conventional mm -hmm. is such a great way to make money, especially with a crazy 
dance schedule. Yeah. Right? And I also feel like just as creatives, dancers, we don't really want to be doing a nine to five. No. no. Not all of us. Maybe some of us I'm do. I'm going to have to. But like. I don't want to do it. I'm scared. You have like, to for your study? Yeah. Huh. I mean, it depends. Like I said, it depends where I work, whether it's a school or not. But if it's a school. Probably. That's a nine to five. Oh, no. I know. Just overall, like, we we like more unconventional jobs. I like teaching. I like choreographing. I like doing things involved with the arts. Um, And that's been something that's sustainable for me personally. Some people, like Becca likes to do the photography and the videography. That's still a creative field, but, you know, it's sustainable. Like there's just so many different avenues. And I think this really pertains to like, as you get older as a dancer, how you can support yourself because when you're younger, you can't just like work at the age of 12. Like that's not happening. But as you get older, you can start thinking of like, what do I want to do rather than dance? Like on the side, on the side, it's not a backup plan. It's just how you make your living day to day. There's so many ways. So like, and I guess this kind of ties back into the audition episode that we were talking about. But doing dance jobs, it's so inconsistent. And they don't pay, like, what the dancers are worth. And Not I don't typically. think it's fair. It's all freelance work, too. So it's just unsustainable. Yeah. Well, when so Becca did this one TV show. And do you want to talk about that a little bit? Like, um, how much work you did compared to the financial well, aspect of I, it? I was like a specialty background. So it's obviously not as much as being a dancer dancer right. in it or working with a choreographer. So there was no rehearsal. It was just, it was a 15 hour day and we got there at like five or four in the morning and it just went all the way through and you just kind of get an hour, hourly wage. I did get lucky though, because you had to go in and test two times because it was like, you know, it's COVID times and stuff, mm-hmm. and they pay you compensation for that. They also, oh. I used a lot of my own clothes and a lot of my own shoes, so you get a shoe payment or that what is, is it? Always like a, big a shoe. Thing. It, What's it, a shoe it, payment. It all adds up. So if you use your own dance shoe, and that's something that if you guys are gonna get booked on a job or something, make sure that you're getting paid for anything of yours that you're using because it puts those things at risk. Like, let's say you're dancing in dirt. <sighs> And you're wearing point shoes, you're gonna ruin those right. shoes. So you get like an extra shoe fee for doing stuff like that. That's I wore weird. like a lot of my own clothes. I wore a lot of my own shoes. I just also think that that's funny though, because like with a big production like that, you'd think they'd have wardrobe at least. Shoes are one thing. And it was like, like the, in the TV show, it was like a recurring set that it was like a ballet yeah. thing. Yeah, it's just like funny. Yeah, it is interesting, but I, it, it is hard. I mean, it's not the most sustainable thing. You can't really be working. I guess a lot of people do sort of sustain themselves doing background work, and it is, like, good money for just, like, a one-day thing, no rehearsal. But it definitely is more of a making connections sort of thing yeah. rather than, like, this is the job we're doing. Right. Yeah. A lot of people do it because it is a great way to, like, make connections in the industry mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that's what most dance jobs are when you start dancing, at least, until you get maybe into your later years, like, mid to late 20s or 30s and stuff. That's maybe where you're making... Mostly everyone's different, of course. But that's when you're making a substantial amount of money to support yourself. But most of the time, you're taking these jobs that pay little to nothing because, which is sad. It is sad. But you're doing it because 
it's a resume builder. It's good at making connections. It's kind of sad that like you're accepting these jobs, one, because they're fun and you love to do it. But if you're thinking of yourself as a business, like you're Here's kind the thing. of not making a lot. Dance is an investment. Yes. You have to spend money to make money. And with dance, you have to spend a lot of money to get to the point where you're going to make money because the first thing that you're spending money is the training. And, like, that is a cost in itself. Like, the train? The training. Oh, I was, like, the train to, like, Central Station or, like, something. I'm, like, <laughs> well, in New York City. Transportation is another thing. Like, there's yeah. just a whole bunch of costs that go into it. And then you can get to the point where you can start making money. And then that takes a while to start, like, paying it off. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. Well, as a dancer, especially as, like, a girl dancer that probably starts a lot earlier than boys, like, from the age of two or mm-hmm. three, you have your whole youth that you have to train or that you do train. And that's an investment for your parents mm-hmm. and just financially right there. If it pays off, it pays off, you yeah. know, like it depends. Like some people train their whole youth in their adolescence and then they just stop dancing. But for those of you who might be a little bit older already and can kind of see yourself taking dance as a professional career, then you can start figuring out like, how does this pay off? How can I make sure that this pays off? How can I start investing in myself now as I get older and continue my dance yeah. training? And that's a really important thing to think about. And I just said it earlier, but Thinking of yourself as a business, I think, is so important because you are a brand. And, like, I, I'm a, my, a business minor in college. I don't really talk about that, like, ever. I don't think you ever told them that. That's so <laughs> I don't funny. I have ever told them that. But my minor is in creative entrepreneurship. And I go to a music school. It's called Berkeley College of Music. It's a part of my school. And... They are mostly musicians, so they have this, like, business minor where I'm doing quotes because it's called creative entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. which is basically the same. Right. But they have this business minor that is music-focused or, like, branding, marketing-focused of, like, a lot of it is yourself being the business. Whereas, like, if you go to another school, you're thinking about the business you're creating. And, of course... We talk about that too. And I talk a lot about businesses. I did a whole class about this where I talked about bar chat and our podcast and thinking of it as a business and all the size. I literally used it as like my business for one of my courses, Mm -hmm. which is kind of funny. But for another one of my courses, I thought of myself as a business, which is so important because you are, you are, if your dancers are similar to artists, like let's say Harry Styles, he has a team of people doing hair makeup, marketing, um, PR, all of it. He has a huge team doing that all behind the scenes. But as dancers, we all need to be doing that for ourselves. So you have to think of yourself as like a big team supporting Becca Lind, the dancer. (laughs) Because one, no one's going to do that for you. And two, it's like important to think of yourself as a business. And which also means like, businesses have to make money so you have to kind of stand up for yourself a little bit when it comes to the money making aspect of things because like I said you don't have a manager usually or if you have an agency or something even then you are the only person really looking out for yourself so Mm -hmm. I think that's really important yeah but we could also talk about agencies a little bit maybe Bianca like what regard though um money (laughs) Oh, well, they take some of your money. Yeah, that's the best part. I mean, because, you know, like, they are technically getting you that work. 
if they they have their connections you, they submit you for a job and if you book it through them then they get a percentage it's usually like 10 percent. some are a bit higher but that's not it's usually like a 10 to 15 percent standard um but once again like if you have like a low paying job that you book and then they still take a percentage it's like in my head, I just think, like, it's not even worth it financially for me or them. Yeah. Like, right. Like, if a job pays, like, $200 for eight hours of work, which is so common here, it's, like, <laughs> they, so, like, what? They take, like, $15 of that or something. Okay, so you have $15 for, like, a taco, and then I have like less than $200 for so much work and so much time and so much energy. Like it just seems like the industry itself just kind of needs to like, like up, up the standards. Oh yeah. And it's not the agent's fault. It's just like, I believe of course you're entitled to your percentage, but the way that the money is managed in the business is not, it's very like stingy. Yeah. Isn't it kind of crazy how dancers are probably like, in my opinion, so looked over in this industry. Yeah, so especially in the, especially in the states, like on like, tour. Think about a football player. They are making so much money, and yeah. they have their they have like free physical therapy. They have free doctors. Like they have all these things to take care of their body because it's so physically demanding. Plus, they're making so much money, and as dancers. Because we're an art form and not really seen on the sports side of things. Because we even don't though we have, are like we don't really have a union of well, I guess we do have a union, but it's a little bit different because we're in the arts. Mm-hmm. So we're surrounded by actresses, singers, all of that. It's looked over. It's looked over. But yeah. live performing pays so much less than like film. Yeah. Why do you think mm-hmm. I'm here? Yeah. <laughs> like. Because literally for the job that I booked for the summer, Bianca had to help me write my email. <laughs> she literally helped me write my email to she's negotiate. She's our advisor. No. Yeah. She's our little secretary. No, she helped me write the email to like negotiate with them because it was, I mean, I, I actually haven't heard back, so I don't, even, I don't know. I sent it before that, like before I came here. So like, I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah. that's why I'm not like saying what it is because who knows, know. I'm going to listen back to this and not be doing it so you just need to know how to negotiate for yourself yeah. as your business right? or yeah get Bianca business. to do it for you yeah no she just helped me with the word have but a like, parent or a teacher that knows a lot like if you have someone close to you that always is, ask around yeah like you want to make sure that you are not getting cheated out of yeah. your talent very important and people th- will take advantage of you especially if you're young no because for again for this job like I showed it to you guys I asked your opinion I showed it to my voice teacher who's like this professional actor. My dad has a friend who's also a professional actor. And like we yeah. asked around because we're like, this I don't normal. Yeah, because it was like definitely on like the lower end. But also I'm not looking for anything crazy because for me, like it's just a summer thing. And like money is money. Like if I'm getting any money at all, like that's OK. And I'm yeah. OK with that. But I wanted to make sure that I wasn't getting cheated out. So we were like, well, is travel is food are these covered is the things that I need for the place that I'm staying at like do I have to pay for all of those things or will it be that like we just wanted to find well, out it should it but you should need to all know. be compensated but yeah. you right. need to know all of the details like that exactly because going into a job for months you're dedicating 
your time and your life job, to yeah. it for two months. You need to know all of those little details. And it's important exactly. to always ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Like the they, worst they, they can say is no. But they'll have an answer regardless. And you Usually deserve they to negotiate know back. Like yeah. there's yeah. they're not if they really don't want you, then they'll say no. But that's typically not going to happen. So I kind of want to talk about supporting yourself as a dancer on the other end where it's more about your emotional well-being yeah. and oh, just so important. Yeah. And like how you take care of yourself physically, because that's like one of the biggest ways you can support Ooh, yourself, yeah. support yourself and your being and your well-being is really important. Do you guys have anything to say like off the bat? Um, well, for me, I feel like my favorite thing to do and... I think I've talked about this in previous episodes is like journaling and like video diarying and stuff. Diarying. (laughs) (laughs) Diarying. Because um, holding yourself accountable for your feelings because it's so easy to walk into a class and just kind of like go through the motions of a dance class and go through the motions of uh, the next month of your dance classes. And it can be really draining. So to go home every night or even once a week and just do a little check-in because dance I feel like is very much um a giving style as it more less than it is like a taking sometimes you can receive but you're spending all day giving 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 so it's so important to be able to kind of check in on yourself and be like am I okay? Because at least for me, like I search for so much validation in teachers Mm -hmm. that it's draining. And sometimes it's like, okay, well, am I happy with myself? Do I love myself? Am I proud of myself? So supporting yourself in that way where you can literally make a video talking to your future self or talking to your past self is... Okay, (laughs) well... Now that you bring that up, we should talk about what we talked about in the car. Oh, okay. You yeah. scared me. <laughs> Was I in this conversation? I don't no, remember. But you, you'll know what we're talking oh, about. Oh, okay. Sure. Go. Well, so by saying, like, talking to your future self, Beck and I were talking about this because I did this thing online where it was, like, you send an email to your future self. Oh, yeah. And I wrote yeah. myself a letter, and I just got it the other day because it was New Year's, and I read it to Becca, and it was cool because it was, like, here are all my accomplishments of 2021. Oh, Let's you did see. it last year. Yeah, so going into, like, finishing 2022, I got it. And I sent it. That's a good thing to do every year. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So I did another one and it was cool because I was like, oh, this is where you're at. This is what you're doing. Here's who you're friends with. Here's what's going on. I wonder what your life is going to be next year. Like it was just really cool. And reading it back, it went like it was obviously different because your life changes over a year, but in a very positive direction, like everything that I wanted happened. And it's funny because in the moment it doesn't feel as big as it is, but like myself a year ago would have been so excited to know about all the opportunities that I would have gotten this year and so it was funny because I was actually writing the letter to myself for the end of 2023 and it's crazy because like since I graduate this year there's no way of knowing like what direction this year is going to go in but you were saying that you were making the video diaries and doing a similar thing yeah so every year this is my third time doing it and I've always made um little in my like notes I always like give little updates on my life for me to look back on because I just am so nostalgic I'm such a nostalgic person but what I've been doing is I'm making I make video diaries where I'm just a little bit like talking about my life what um like the logistics of where my life is and what's going on in my life but also like how I feel about certain things and what's been really going through my head 
during that time of my life. And then I'll also make like guesses. I'll make manifestations, but I'll also make guesses about my future. That's what I did in mine too. And it's so funny to look back. And like a year ago, I talked about this at the end of season one, but like I was really stuck at my school. And I remember when I made my, um, my video for the new year's, I was just talking a lot about like, are you, did you find like, are you happy? Like, did you find someplace else to go? Like, did you, you know, did, are you in a different place? Like, and it's crazy that I can like, look back and be like, wow, like I actually made that happen. Like that actually happened Mm -hmm. for me Yeah, and different things like that. Like I even love like looking back on old, dance videos too kind of like changing topics because you'll watch yourself dance and you'll be like oh my god I was so bad this is like (laughs) like you'll you'll take a dance class and you'll like look at the video and you're like oh I'm so bad like I did this this and this wrong but sometimes a month or three months or six months later I'll look back on that video and I'll be like, well, wait, like I wasn't giving myself enough credit. Yeah. So it's so important to my number one rule is that if you're filming an improv video or filming my number one rule overall is that if you are filming yourself in a dance class, don't watch that video that night and watch it a day later Us or directly yesterday. do not watch it directly after the class. I Us will yesterday. never exactly. I oh, will I like watching it yesterday. I will wait until the next day Why? because for some reason I feel like you kind of have this already idea of how you think you look. And I always, at least for me, find myself disappointed in the video mm. unless I look the next day. Interesting. You ever watch a video of yourself dancing and you're like, oh, like that, it doesn't look good. Me yesterday. Well, watch <laughs> it today because you'll be like, oh, it's actually not bad. Okay, can you send me the video from your camera? Yeah, totally. Thanks. Let's just watch it right now. Okay, cool. cool. We're going to take a quick pause. Why? I'm joking. Oh, to, wa- to watch the video. Uh, uh- why? <laughs> Anyways, confused. something that I do after a dance class is usually for me, sometimes just like lying on my floor and just like, <laughs> I'm not even joking to like breathe one because I'm tired Meditate. and two to just like sit there and think and like, I don't know. I feel like I need to think about the dance stuff for it to then be processed and be done, like kind of wash it away, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So I allow myself to think about it hmm. because once I do that, then I don't need to think about it anymore. Are you guys petting the microphones or well, no? I'm just it putting needs my attention. Okay. You know that reminded me. Um, one thing that I love that um, the um, one of the owners of the space, Corey, he does is that before classes, he'll come into the room and he'll make everyone close their eyes at the dance studio I dance at. He'll come in and make everyone close their eyes and like open up your hands and just like do like a second. It's like you are in this place. Worry, don't worry about all the things happening around you. Um, you are here and just like be grateful for where you are and like be in the moment because it's so easy, which we talked about before. It's so easy to bring pa- like outside things into the dance mm-hmm. studio. Like if you were running late, traffic. Um, you left a bunch of dirty dishes in your sink. Your room's a mess. You have homework to do later. It's so important to just take that moment before and after class mm-hmm. to reset. Mm-hmm. Because dance is the place you're supposed to go to be happy and to enjoy <laughs> it and to just have a good time. And bringing all of that stuff into the studio and into your classroom, it's not worth it. Because regardless, you're there. 
you are at dance class. There's nothing you can do about the traffic. There's nothing you can do about the dishes until you get home. So may as well enjoy the class because you're already taking it. You're already paying for it. It's already happening right now. So make the best of it because you're there for a reason and it's because it makes you happy. So let it. Well, Bianca, what is your like go-to <laughs> thing for like supporting yourself? That got too um, serious. So good. <laughs> it was just like silence. <laughs> Soaking that in. <laughs> I know. Let's all lay on the floor yeah. and just like take it in for a second. Um, Kind of going back to what you guys were saying about like things that you do at the beginning of the year. I don't do like the videos or anything. I haven't written a letter, but you I would should. like to do it. It's not um, too late. Yeah, it's not too late. It's not. Too it's late. only like the sixth day of the year. Exactly. But what I do is like on New Year's Eve or the days leading up to it, I'll just kind of write a couple goals that I have for the year. And instead of phrasing it as like, I would like to do this, I say, I will do X, Y, Z. I will be doing X, Y, Z. And I just kind of set those little bullet points down for myself. And um, this New Year's Eve, I was looking at the one from last year and it was just kind of funny because I looked back and I was like, oh, like that happened. That happened. I exceeded that expectation. And sometimes you get really caught up in the moment of what you're doing and you don't really process it or think like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing until months later yeah right it's crazy yeah and that's why it's important to set those little goals for yourself and to just keep track of your goals because it's it gives you that visual rather than just like thinking it in your head and letting it pass the thought pass you can hold yourself accountable look at it and say okay like this needs to still happen or this already happened and just keep your list going maybe so you'll you hit some of them by forward. the time you listen to this episode exactly this episode comes out in like may and we're talking about new year's which I know. is funny i know so that's kind of just like that perspective too it's like yeah. well this so will hold changes. us accountable too yeah but so much changes so fast it really does yeah. like in a whole year if i think back to january 2021 like i'm so different now not like as a person necessarily, but just in my life in general and things that I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, so many experiences happen like good or bad, but it's just interesting to like, and I were look babies back. back then. <laughs> so small, so petite, so, so tiny, little. so, so small. small. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This was such a serious episode. We got to get a little goofy sometimes. Yeah. <sighs> well, um, well, I think that about wraps it up. So Bianca, yeah. take us home. All Take right. Home, so thank you guys so much for listening, tuning in, and maybe watching if you're on YouTube. Just in case you need a reminder, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube if you'd like to see our beautiful faces. And stay tuned for the next episode in two weeks. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening.